Welcome to the podcast channel of the East Bay Unity Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. The opinions expressed here are those of individual members and do not represent OA as a whole. For more information about our intergroup, please visit our website at eastbayoa.org. Okay, hi everybody. My name is Mary Beth. Um, a very grateful compulsive overeater. Um, I've been in and around. Hi, Mary Beth. Hi, everybody. <laughs> I've been in and around Overeaters Anonymous since uh, the fall of 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 1973. Um, I have been uh, almost 200 and, uh, what was it? 270 as uh, when I recommitted to the program, um, I I have a, a a how abstinence. I'm working a how program, but I also am pretty flexible. I'm not um, real structured in the in the how program. I I, I I'm learning to love myself and self care, self love is very important to me. And to not be too hard on myself when I'm not perfect. And I have like an imperfect abstinence, um, but I do the best I can. And each morning um, I ask God, uh, and actually I ask God and and some of the angels and archangels and uh, other spiritual beings for uh, the willingness and the ability to stick to my food plan and to let go of harmful foods and to eat only healthy foods that are healthy for me. Um, as a child, I was uh, seven pounds, seven ounces, and I was a regular size child, baby. And uh, then later on, I got my tonsils taken out when I was about three. It was a pretty traumatic experience because I had never been separated from my mother. And it was the 40s. It was uh, around 1945, more 1946. And at that time, they were just finishing up the World War II. So there was um, there was a uh, my father was gone because he was in the Navy and he was off to on um, in the war. So I was very very close to my mom. And when I went into the hospital to get my tonsils removed, it was pretty traumatic because I like I say I'd never been away from her before. So. After I had them done, uh, they gave me a substance. I don't know if I can say foods on this uh, share, but they gave me a substance that was not, uh, that was a sugary substance. And I don't know if if that was the beginning or what of my compulsive overeating. But anyway, I had that. And between the trauma of the loss of my mother staying in the hospital three or four days to recover from my tonsils being removed and then having this substance and then having the loss of my mother. Um, it was pretty traumatic time for me. So I, you know, who knows whether, it was, and I, and I also believe that I was born, uh, with a predisposition to, uh, addiction, predisposition to overeat. And if it's not food, it could be shopping. It could be, uh, it, going to the movies, it could be television watching, and it slips back and forth between different kinds of addictions. Uh, 
it when I get a hold of one, sometimes it'll slip into another, uh, like buying on Amazon or something, something that's not something that I want to be doing. Um, but, and I seek to balance in all things. And so I have to watch it, watch my addictions because I have a tendency to be addicted to unhealthy things. So, um, you know, getting back to my story, uh, I, uh, I had problems in, in, in school with a way that it was very attracted to certain substances. And, um, as a young, as a young girl, uh, I was always put myself in position where I had more than what I really, uh, needed or what I wanted, um, to eat. And, uh, my parents were very moderate, you know, they said, well, just, uh, just eat half and eat, you know, small quantities. But I, I was kind of one of those, uh, children and young person and adult actually, that was a never enough kind of, uh, person. So I could never seem to get enough of the, of the foods that I, that I wanted, even though, um, we did have good moderate meals and I, and, uh, although I did, uh, grow up in an alcoholic family. So there was a lot of insanity and a lot of craziness around the drinking. Um, and my addiction wasn't focused on the, the liquor so much as it was always pretty much focused on the food. Although, you know, I could, uh, could uh, binge on drinking too, I suppose. Um, so, you know, this, this addictive personality. Um, so what happened for me um, in the, in the uh, 19, around 1973, I found Overeaters Anonymous and um, I found it through the newspaper, through Ann Landers. And I was reading the article. I knew something was wrong because I couldn't stop eating and I, and I was wanting to eat. And uh, I had I had met my husband. I had been on a program uh, of weight release, and I, uh, I was at Goal Weight. I met my husband at Goal Weight, and uh, we got married. And then um, a few years later, I was totally into my disease, and I had gained a lot of weight. And I and I knew something was really wrong. So um, I I didn't know what. I just knew that this this was not what I was supposed to be doing. I wasn't supposed to be so attracted to the substances. And so I, I just happened to be reading an article uh, in, a, in the newspaper, Ann Landers, and she said she talked about compulsive overeating and that there was a program for people who compulsively overate. And so I read the article. I realized that, hey, this is my problem. There is a solution and, and got myself to an OA meeting. And the first couple of meetings, the first meeting that I went to, I was not really enthralled with it. I, I was like, I don't know if this is really is for me. Um, seemed very, uh, very foreign to me. And so I went back and I, I uh, led my life for a few more months. And then I realized it was really important that, uh, that there was no other solution because I had tried everything. And, you know, short of getting my, uh, my jaw wired, I had pretty much tried everything, hypnosis and all kinds of diets and weekend retreats and all kinds of weight loss programs. Um, spending money, uh, a, a lot of money on these different ideas, uh, and none of them seemed to work. So I did go back. And um, when I went in, I was very, very fortunate. It was the grace of God I went in. I uh, It was a huge meeting in San Francisco. They were I was born and raised in San Francisco. And this meeting, and we lived in Pacifica at the time. And so I went into this meeting, and it was... Um, Huge. I mean, I'm t- 75 or 100 people were there, 
actually, it was it said in an auditorium style. So you walked up to the front and there was a microphone in the front to speak. So it was kind of intimidating. Uh, but I was there and uh, I went to, at the break, I didn't know anyone. So I went to the literature table, literature table and somebody came to kind of do something. And this woman came over to me and she said, you know, if you want me, I will be your sponsor. And I said, or, or I said, well, you know, I'm, I'm new, I don't know. And she said, well, if you're really serious about this situation, you will uh, come to this meeting Monday night. So I said, well, I don't think I can come because I have a three-year-old child and it's just too much and I can't go out at night and da 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 and all these excuses. And she said, well, if you're really serious, you will be there. And I said, okay. So I, I thought about it and I thought, well, you know, what, what have I got to lose? So I packed up my three-year-old daughter, wrapped her up in a blanket, put her in the car, and off we went on Monday night to this meeting. And once again, this uh, woman was there and she said, well, I guess you're serious. And I said, yeah, I'm really, really desperate. I'm so tired of being uh, so much overweight. Um, I think by then I was, um, you know, close 250, 260 pounds, 268 pounds, something like that. So she, so anyway, I joined forces with her and she was, became my first sponsor. And it was really a, a, a wonderful relationship because her first addiction was alcohol. So she was totally grounded in the big book and she knew the, she knew the big book backwards and forwards. And then uh, her second problem situation was the food. So she, uh, knew she was working two programs at that time, and um, she took me on, and I released a lot of a lot of weight. I really got to go weight. I became the queen of OA, and it was just real jolly, you know, um, for a while, for a couple of years, and then uh, slowly, you know, how this disease is, I began to think I could do it on my own. So I went back out and started eating, and I had 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 a, had a relapse, and it didn't take. For, it didn't take um, much. It only took the first couple of compulsive bites, and then I was off to the races. And so then I came. I was eating for two or three years, and then I came back to OA. So I've had this experience with relapse, and I've had it several times because it's been a lot of a lot of. Thank you. It's been a lot of uh, years since I've uh, been in program, and um, it 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 the the thing that helped me the most when I was. When I was in relapse, well, first of all, there was that little voice inside me that said, uh, you know, you, you, you better get, you better get back to program because you've got a disease and you, and you know it. So this voice, my conscience or God or whatever it was would be telling me, go back to program. <clears throat> so, uh, the different scenarios and I did end up back in program. And uh, three and a half years ago, and I uh, was fortunate to find um, a, I asked the person to be my sponsor and she said no. So then I said, okay, well, I'll go to another person. So I went to another person and she said yes. And I was, I joined forces. So for me, the, the big, for me, the, the thing is perseverance. I've been persevering over all these years um, through thick and through thin, through good times and not so great times. Uh, but there's a thing about uh, re learning, and I think I've learned, and I'm always learning, that I'm not in control, that, um, that God's in charge, God's in charge of my weight, God's in charge of my financial, spiritual, emotional, um, in every way, God's in charge of my life, 
and I and by prayer and meditation I kind of put myself in the in the right stream to be able to join the uh up with my higher power and um be able to let go of the foods that uh cause me harm and make me sick and make me fat and don't serve me because I do want to be healthy healthy is very important to me um so I'm I'm really grateful that I found the program. I'm grateful that I kept coming back. I, as one of the spiritual principles is um, uh, perseverance. And I feel like I'm the poster child for perseverance because I always have come back. And I, and I do feel that um, this is the program for me. And um, to work the steps, work the tools um, to do the live by the spiritual principles. And um, that's that's really important to me to live by the spiritual principles. And um, so I do, I'm doing that the, the best I can. And I know that it's a grace of my higher power that got me here. The grace of my higher power kept me here. And the grace of my higher power uh, keeps me abstinent. And I um, have let go of a lot of sugary foods, but I've also have uh, difficulties with the food. It's it's not a perfect abstinence for me. Sometimes I want more. Sometimes I want want foods that don't serve me. But I ask God for the willingness and the ability to let go of those foods and eat healthy to be the best I can be. And um, I've gotten a lot of freedoms from uh, working the program and the, the, the freedom to live a happy and sane life. And another thing that's really worked well for me is my gratitude group. I'm in a group with four other ladies and we do gratitudes every day. We text gratitudes to each other. And I think that gratitude group of being that in that about three years has really helped with an attitude shift um, from being half empty to half full and given me a positive outlook and a, and a joy, kind of a joy in my life that I wouldn't have had if I hadn't, uh, you know, worked on that. Uh, the change of attitude is is such a big thing for me, you know, that um, to be happy in my life. And I just got back from a trip to Cleveland, Ohio, to the, go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And it was on my bucket list and I kept putting it off. And finally, I just said, you know, I'm going. So I went and I had a fabulous time. It was great to see the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame plus the other uh things in um, in Cleveland and a botanical garden with butterflies that were flying all over. And it was just really spectacular. So um, these things were given to me through the grace of God. And I wouldn't have gotten them if I hadn't been abstinent and I hadn't been putting my life in God's hands. And so that's, that's my, uh, and, uh, and for the women and men who have issues with the God part, I I've, I came up with this idea because my sponsor doesn't believe in God. So I, it's kind of funny. But anyway, she doesn't believe in God. So I, I switched it for her to good, you know, just believing good. And I thought, well, for you know, okay, don't believe it. It's fine. And we work together just fine because we all don't have to be on, you know, we don't have to be in lockstep. You know, there's a big, there's a big difference. Um, thank you for letting me share. And I appreciate, thank you, David. And welcome to the newcomers. If um, if I said something that helps 
great. If, if not, just let it go and go come to another meeting because there's always something that someone will say that'll, that'll, that'll be right for you. So thanks for letting me share. <laughs>